welcome to the Ashes into Beauty podcast with your host, Stephanie Marie Laswell, Divorce Concierge at The Divorce Life. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am excited to share my friend with you because I think what she do is doing is amazing um, because I can totally relate and totally wish that I would have had her on my team when I was going through my second divorce because I could have gleaned from her insight, her experience, and how she helps families that are going through divorce with special needs kiddos. Um, welcome, Marianne. Thank you for being here today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for providing me stepping. So happy to be here today. So my name is Mary Ann Hughes. I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm a mom of two kids on opposite ends of the autism spectrum. And after 21 years of marriage, found myself facing divorce unexpectedly. And so I had to figure out what to do and how to get through that and support my kids in the process. Happy to say I did get a good result, but it was a long, hard road getting there. So I decided everything I went through shouldn't go to waste. So I wanted to help other people with all the knowledge that I gained. So I started my company called Special Family Transitions. It's my first time starting my own company. So, but I'm happy to be helping people and have helped quite a few already. And became a certified divorce coach, certified divorce specialist. I've got an MBA from way back when and different types of work experience. But I was a stay-at-home mom for 20 years taking care of my kids. So it was a big adjustment for me and for my family in terms of all the changes we've been through. But uh, we're all doing well and happy now to be on the road to be helping other people as well. That's amazing. I love how you've turned that, your experience, into a passion that you now have and you know, that's what we talk about all the time on this podcast is turning the ashes into something beautiful. So just tell us a little bit um, more about what the ashes were that were a result of your divorce and what you're kind of seeing with your clients that come to you. Sure. Yeah. So when I went through it, like I said, it wasn't something um, that I saw coming necessarily. And so, you know, at first just, you know, devastated and figure out what am I going to do? How am I going to plan for my kids, how are they going to get through this okay? And that became the focus was, you know, being sure that my kids were taken care of. And so, yeah, it was hard on them too. We had some struggles and I um, tried to find ways to help them um, because of one of them, one of their abilities, it was hard to find professionals to help them. And so um, came kind of down to me to, to help them. Those advice I got, you're the mom and you got to figure this out. And so, I created something called a social story. So you may be familiar with that because I know you've got a son um, on the spectrum. But um, it's a way to kind of explain something new that's happening to let them know what to expect and ease a transition. And I found that worked really well. So that helped my kids out quite a bit. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, the divorce process uh, was very complex for a lot of reasons. It was very difficult. But I came out of that uh, stronger person, kind of going back to my roots and remembering who I was and what I stood for and how I wanted this process to go. And so um, that's my learning story and journey that I try to share with others and try to get them to do as well as, you know, take a tough situation and don't get bogged down with maybe what's been done to you in the past or things wrong, but focus on your future and how you want things to be and how you're going to get there and work for that in the divorce. I know as a fellow certified divorce coach, that's kind of training we go through as well, but, but it naturally came to me as well even before that training that, you know, I need to make this about 
me and the kids getting the best result possible. And that's the approach I took. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of hard sometimes to make that mindset shift, right? Whenever you're in the middle of that hurts and devastation, the confusion, the overwhelm, like all the emotions that are going on with trying to uncouple, keeping a sound, logical mind (laughs) throughout all those emotions, especially when you couple it with kiddos that have special needs and might not understand what's going on. And they're going through their own mourning process and probably in a different way than a typical child would. So how do you help? Just kind of tell us a little bit more about how you helped your children through their mourning process. Yeah. So, you know, the advice I would have for families, if you're thinking about divorce or currently in them, is make sure that your kids are involved in, I'd say, age-appropriate conversations about what's happening to them. So don't surprise them. Don't exclude them from what's happening or try to shield them. I mean, the way we want to protect them, we don't want to tell them everything that's happening in all the circumstances. But, you know, if we know changes are coming, try to prepare them. Um, Kids with um, autism and some other neurodiverse conditions, you know, they they like structure. They like to know what's happening. They like the schedule. They don't do do well with change. Um, unless they've given been given advance notice, and even then it's difficult. So, yeah, I would say as much as you can, if you can, if you know it's coming, kind of talk to them about it in, in appropriate terms. Try to find help, like you said. I mean, there's all kinds of therapists that may be able to help. I've created a project um, that I worked on. I'm happy to send you the link if you want to put in the notes later on some videos that we created, some webinars with some mental health professionals to help support neurodiverse kids divorce process. That was a an area I saw lacking. And so the project I was in that became my passion and a project that I worked on with a team to to create that to help others going through this. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we can do for kids, supporting them, knowing uh, letting them know that we're there for them, uh, you know, giving them extra attention and play time and kind of preparing them for what it's gonna look like um, at home and at the other parents' home so that they can adjust more easily. And of course, having a as good relationship as you can with the other parent helps a lot in keeping those lines of communication open, whatever that might look like for you may look different for your family. Um, but, you know, definitely um, don't put the child between, I guess, a conflict between the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid that whole parent alienation thing. Like just whether you're, you have typical kids or special need kiddos, just avoid that parent alienation because it is so, so very harmful, right? Um, but it's easy to fall into that and even slip up a couple of times when you don't realize what you're doing. So make yourself aware of those situations. So how can like family and friends and community support a parent that's going through a divorce that has special needs kiddos? Like, what have you found is the best way to support that family unit? Yeah, if, if you're able to offer a helping hand, that's always appreciated. It's a handful to take care of kids anyway, and that's special needs kids, and then also going through divorce. So, you know, the, the mom or parent may need time alone to focus on the divorce and think about those kind of things. And so it's hard to focus on that and think about that strategically or, you know, actually not as you've got to get done for your lawyer or whatever it might be while you're taking care of your kids. So um, I would suggest for the, you know, for the parents to try to enlist, if they can, the help of you know, family, friends, whatever support system you have. And if you don't have that, then try to hire somebody if you can. I mean, a lot of times there's what they call respite 
opportunities, how to find opportunities for your kids to um, be in an event or an activity where you get some downtime. So whether it's in your home or somewhere else, try to find um, time, I guess, to be alone, not just to work, but also for self-care, you know, to take care of yourself and charge so that you can be the best parent you can need to be for your for your kids, as well as be able to focus, like I said, on the other the business of divorce. Right, right. So what are some, like, I'm going to call them red flags um, that we need to be paying attention to that might pop up in our kids' lives that we need to stop and address as they're, you know, also transitioning um, their whole world. Um, If there's something that pops up that we need to like, okay, this doesn't seem to be working well for them. What are some of those red flags? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, for sure, obvious things like some aggression or behaviors, you may see some, um, not just aggression, but also regression. So kind of losing some skills that they've had and acting in a way that's not typical of them. So you want to look at that, see if that's maybe because of the divorce or things happening, or maybe something's going on that you need to explore at school, whatever. And I would say definitely involve the school. So keep people on your whole village updated as to what's going on in your personal life. I mean, not everything, of course, but that you are going through divorce and that it may be impacting the kids because maybe sometimes you may not see it at home, but they may see it at school. They need to know why, you know, old Johnny or whoever is acting differently or maybe more with on or showing more anxiety. So, yeah, some kids may respond by being more anxious, being um, you know, not themselves. They may not perform at school. And so, yeah, it's good for teachers to know that as well as for you to try to see if you can address that yourself. Or, as we mentioned earlier, try to get professional help if that person is at a level of functioning where they can benefit Mm -hmm. from that. Mm -hmm. And then as far as like the actual business of divorce, um, what are some things that parents need to think about as far as like what goes in the divorce decree, um, you know, with special needs kiddos, obviously there's going to more than likely be after they turn 18, they're still going to need care. So what are some things that we need to look out for and be mindful of before we sign on the dotted line? Yeah, that's an excellent point is that um, when you have a divorce with a child with a disability, you want to make sure that's noted in the divorce decree for many reasons. Um, But part of that is that depending on the state you're in, child support may not end at 18 because their needs are not going to end at 18. So, for instance, where I am in Texas, um, you can um, be eligible, depending on the disability and and how it's found, you know, by the courts and by the agreement, um, to have uh, what they call indefinite child support, meaning lifelong. Because, like you said, those those needs are not going to just end at age 18. And so, but, you know, other than the child support aspect, you want to make sure that the parenting plan and the schedules and the possession is done in such a way that's going to um, best meet the needs of that family. So, you know, it may not work for that call to have so many transitions. Maybe you want to limit that. Maybe you want 30 days with one parent is too long a stretch of time, like over the summer. So find ways that it's going to work for your family. And the important thing to do also in the decree is make sure that you have somebody who's experienced a special needs divorce, um, helping you and writing up that decree because there's a lot of things that need to go in there to protect the child for their benefits in the future. For instance, 
some government funding that may come their way. And if you don't have things noted correctly, they may then lose eligibility for those benefits. Um, and then things like setting up um, trusts and having that, like, there's a, I don't want to get too technical on this call, but there's a third party trust like to be the beneficiary of, let's say, life insurance and things like that. And the first party trust, depending on the age of the kids, for that child support to go into. Once again, these are all to protect the child in the future. And so yeah, all these things need to be taken into account as you're negotiating and coming to agreement and making sure that everything is done correctly so that we don't run into problems later. Mm-hmm. So I heard you mention a couple of different professionals in there (laughs) that you need to have on your team. Um, You need to have obviously your family court lawyer, but then also you need to have a lawyer that is specializing in wills and trust. And sometimes they're not always the same person. Um, So having multiple lawyers that are involved in this process, who else do we need to consider whenever we're thinking about putting our divorce team together as far as like families with special needs? Yeah, that's a great point. So it's definitely a team effort. So like you mentioned, the family law attorney, the state planning attorney, hopefully both of those have special needs experience. Um, of course, a divorce coach, I think, is a great member of the team to kind of help you think through. And like you said, not focus on the emotion, but focus on really how can we best get through this, meet the needs of the parents and of the kids as well um, in fashion that you know is going to be best for everybody in the short and long term. And then also sometimes a, a financial person could be of, of value in terms of uh, sometimes there's special needs financial planners, PDFA, depending on, on you know, what your needs are. But you want to, um, either with your divorce coach or with a financial person, kind of look at what it's going to cost in terms of taking care of that child in the future and, and now as well as in the future. So you kind of know how to structure the, the agreement and what the child support might look like and what they may fund in terms of tuition or programs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. To, to not think about just right now, but looking down the roads, it's almost like you've got to look for the rest of their life. What is that going to look like? And you have to take that into account now that way you're not constantly going back to court and using resources and energy. So if you can just get it all done right up front, um, it's going to save you a lot of heartache down the road. Exactly. I would say that's probably the most important difference in terms of uh, special needs divorce, as I call it, versus a you know, neurotypical kind of kid situation divorce, is that you do need to look at the long term. It's not just dividing up the assets and property division and doing minimum lifetime child support. There's a lot more to consider. So exactly, you got to look at the long term and how this going to work. So you don't have to go back, like you said, and modify later. Sometimes it happens, circumstances change, but hopefully you can come up to something that all parties can agree to. Right, right. So what else do our listeners need to consider that we haven't yet mentioned? Yeah, so, you know, go about this in a way that, um, you know, you're advocating for the kids, advocating for yourself, but don't lose sight that because, especially because they're special needs, you're still going to have to work with the other person. So you want to, Make sure you're communicating um, to your soon-to-be ex, and then when they're with, when they are your ex, and also with your team in a professional manner. Um, you know, you may not be happy about some things or agree with some things, and so on. But you know, definitely keep it all on a civil level. And I would say also, you know, as much as you can um, plan together. You know, what the 
parenting, you know, may be uh, like in each household, help each other out. You know, the other parent may not have been as involved um, taking care of the kids as they're going to have to be now that they're taking care of themselves. So, you know, try to share that information. If they're not willing to take it from you, then find another way to share that information or bring another professional to help them. But hopefully, um, you know, people can try to work together. I mean, you know, a lot of cases do end up litigating, you know, going through a court route, but as much as, as much as you can try to come to an agreement, you know, outside of that by, by putting the kids' interests first. You know, how are we going to take care of our child? Because I think that becomes most of the conflict in these situations is each party maybe has a different view of the child and their abilities and what they're going to need. So the more you can come to agreement on that um, in a, in a uh, collaborative fashion, then I think the better off everybody will be and save time, money, effort, and then have less ill will mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And I would definitely think that you would need to go into this situation with flexibility because you may sit down and think that this is the best plan with your child's best interest. And then you start to implement it and you notice that it might not be working as you had hoped, how you had planned. But instead of going back into court, be flexible with each other. Um, You are your parents the parents and you guys know what's best typically. So being able to say this didn't work out. So let's maybe try this without being it being a fight and without causing more distress on the child, because really we want to lead with what is best for the kid, not what I want. <laughs> um, and getting into that power struggle and digging your feet in, but what is really going to be best for this kiddo. So <clears throat> how can people work with you? So I um, do one-on-one coaching, and I offer lots of resources um, on my social media, and everything is under Special Family Transitions. I've got a Facebook page and YouTube channel where I have a lot of videos and uh, about divorce as well as some other few things related to special needs. But for instance, that social story I mentioned, I have got a, a video on how I did that and shared that with my kids. I'm, ha- I'm happy to also just help you create one help, you know, people out there who need help. Um, I think that's a great way for people to help their kids ease into the situation and help with the transition. So definitely here to help with that. Um, I've also created uh, recently an online course for people maybe who don't have the time or resource to work with me is I've done a very low price point um, that they can find it on the resources page of my website, which is basically um, my biggest tips and secrets for success in a special needs divorce kind of target, target more towards the moms, but I think it's good for anybody to go through to kind of think about all the different issues and things that you do think about and consider and how to um, carry yourself in the process to be able to get to that positive result. Awesome. That's very helpful. Um, so what would you say you see like when the clients come to you or even in your own experience, like we start out with this divorce and I, you know, I always relate to it as the ashes. Um, and so tell me a little bit about the beauty that's come from your divorce or that you see with the clients that you work with. Yeah, so for myself personally, I mean, it gave me a whole new mission in life. You know, before like I mentioned, I hadn't worked in so long. And so, um, you know, other than my kids, I didn't really have um, a long term um, goal, I guess, you know, or mission for my life. And so this, 
now in addition to my kids, of course, they're still, you know, my main priority. But now I'm able to share my knowledge, my wisdom, and help others along the way so that they too can get a good result in their divorce and beyond. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm like a whole different person now, kind of back to, um, I'll say pre-marriage, but, you know, back when I was, when I was young and, um, you know, had a lot of goals and, and so on well, before, you know, in terms of, you know, when you have kids, you know, I guess life changes, but, but, you know, I, you know, I love them so much, but, you know, I've got a you know, purpose beyond that, I guess is the point. So, you know, here I am now, um, you know, with a whole new career and mission and drive. And so, yeah, I'm getting out there. I'm doing a podcast. I mean, years ago, never thought that I'd be, you know, doing something like that. So, yeah, there's always um, room to grow and develop and explore and, and find yourself. So, yeah, that's part of my framework in that course I was telling you about. Um, I have an acronym. I came up with a framework called R-I-S-E, RISE, where each letter stands for different things to do and be in the process. And the last um, E is embrace, embrace the future, embrace the changes that you're going through. And so, yeah, I think that's really important is that, through difficult times and the ashes, we can find the beauty. We can find we can find things that um, excite us and that we can do. We just believe in ourselves and know that you know we can change a mindset, change our way of thinking to have a beautiful, positive life mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. So, before we wrap up, what is one thing that you would like for our listeners to take away from today? Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned, put the kids first, um, teach them, you know, as we're going through this, um, you know, we're learning to advocate for ourselves, but I would say also teach the kids to advocate for themselves, if they're capable of doing that. For instance, I've got mentioned you know, two kids on opposite ends, and so one, you know, obviously it's harder, but for the one who is um, capable of doing more for himself, I'm teaching him um, what he needs to do to advocate at his, not just his, his dad's house, but also in life and at school and, and how to, how to carry yourself in such a way that you can overcome the adversities in life and stand up for what's right. And, and I, so I think be a good role model for your kids and let them learn by seeing you. They're going to, you know, see how you act and how you respond to the stresses and situation that you're in. And if they see that you can carry yourself, um, in a fashion that um, is admirable, then they're more likely to think that way in the future as well. So uh, definitely, I think that's my biggest takeaway, I guess, for today is, um, you know, act in such a way that you and your kids will be proud of. Yes, I love that. That's like, I think we've covered all three of the things that I, I go in with my clients is what does the law say? What's best for the kids? And what divorce legacy do you want to leave? And what better opportunity to teach your children how to overcome, how to recover, how to transition when life, you know, slams the door in your face and you fall down. How do we get back up from that? And learning it and being a role model and then modeling it and teaching our kids is so powerful. And I think that it's a great opportunity that some parents probably don't have um, and when we can shift our mindset mindset and think of it in a different way, think of it from a positive perspective instead of just all being negative. Obviously, it's hard and there's the mourning process, but what can we gain from it? Um, it's just, it can end up so much better in the long run for everybody involved. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of working with somebody like you who can help them 
get to that point. Mm-hmm. So for sure. I yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your story and how you help families go through a special needs divorce. And um, we will be happy to share your information in the the notes for the podcast so people can reach out to you and connect with you. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing because I think it's very, um, it's very much needed. And so I'm glad that we've got somebody that is passionate as a, uh, doing that work that you are. Great. Thank you so much. Happy to help out. Yeah. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Until next time, do good, do no harm and radiate love. We'll talk to you later. For more information on services or divorce resources provided by The Divorce Life, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or find us at www.thedivorcelife.com. Thank you for tuning in and listening and a big thanks to my producer, Jazz, at the Possibilities Podcast Center.